Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Are you ready for a four-day work week? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast. Not necessarily a coronavirus edition this week. Coming to us from San Diego, California, Nick Appel. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Pretty good, you? You know what? My Rams are now 2-0, and and I am ecstatic. Loving it, loving it. And from the local, very close area of Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Brian Reed. Whatever, Nick. My brownies are 1-1, one and one and we will rally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to you from Topanga, California, and of course, our engineers coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Hey, let's begin. Last week, we were talking about how to be more productive. And we spent some time talking about a study a few years back from the United Kingdom. And it found that workers in an office may only be productive two hours and 53 minutes out of an eight-hour day. Now, if you missed that episode, stop now and go back and listen to it. It was just last week. It was pretty interesting. And I think that it will lay a good foundation for what we're going to talk about here today. So last week, we're talking about this. Brian had the week off. Nick was with me on the podcast. And Nick was kind of blown away that someone would be in the office and only productive for less than three hours a day. I mean, he found it really hard to believe. And I'd always kind of thought that this was the case for years. And I'd always been told that this was the case, but we really had nothing empirical to back it up. And so last week we finally found this survey from the United Kingdom and um, it gave us something interesting to talk about and share uh, with the listeners. But while we were talking, Nick bumped into an article from the Harvard Business Review. And that article was talking about a possible trend towards a four-day work week in Europe. Now understand, these are people that are being paid for a full five days, but they're working just four. And as it turns out, there's many countries and companies that are looking at this as a possible full-time or permanent deal. They're looking for a competitive advantage or an edge, and they're starting to think that maybe this will give them an edge with their employees and how their employees contribute to work. And then it turns out this isn't something that's that new. A shortened work week has been talked about for a number of years. I found out that France reduced their work week to 35 hours almost 20 years ago. Now, they're still debating it with mixed results. You know, employees tend to think that they've got better work-life balance and that it's actually uh, making them more productive. Um, some believe that this puts French companies at a competitive disadvantage because they're not having as much output. It's still being discussed. It's still being talked about. Are you guys ready for a four-day work week? 
I am ready. I am ready to work Monday through Thursday and just have Friday to Sunday to do whatever I want. I think it gives you better life balance, you know, to have three days off consecutive. Three days in a row. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. All right. So, guys, sorry I'm going to interrupt here for a second, but uh, I have not listened to the last episode. So, what? Two hours and 53 minutes of an eight hour day. That's our productivity. That's what the survey was. Five hours. Hmm? Yeah. Well, we talked about that last week, and I know you had the last week off, but I've always been told by you know, staff management or, or, or business management people that three, four hours is a very productive day for an employee. And then this, this survey in the UK, you know, determined that it was two hours and 53 minutes. So really a lot less than, than even I had thought Nick didn't buy it and they were spending a good deal of their time uh, reading websites, doing social media, uh, cooking food in the kitchen, going out for a smoke, talking with friends about not business stuff. Um, a whole list of things that were going on and it was kind of interesting. But you're- all right. All right. You know what? I missed it. So I will go catch up and I will comment later on, but I'm just putting in my uh, two cents right now. I reserve the right to come back to this. <laughs> and, and I will say, I will say that this is the first time that Brian and I have agreed on something. Really? And I, I, th- I, I think, you know, there's a, there's a bright future ahead. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't think we're agreeing. I think you're going two hours and 53 minutes and you're saying I don't agree with that assessment and I'm going it's entirely possible that that assessment is true but what the heck are they doing for the other five hours that's a, a lot scary. of time. one yeah. hour for lunch I will we'll talk about this on the side yeah pretty amazing stuff when you think about it though and you know this has been the traditional way that people have worked you 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 get up and you go to work and you have lunch and then you come home and you do that five days a week and you tag uh, what a drive time on top of that. And, uh, we're finding now that people are starting to, you know, work from home because of COVID and, and they're finding that, um, you know, they're, they're more productive, that it's easier to work from home. And that's not really what kind of we had thought at first blush. Um, I had talked about a, a friend of mine who, when the COVID hit, they laid off about half of their people and the remaining half that went to work at home were actually as productive as the whole crew originally was. So, Nick had a hard time believing that too. And, you know, this is just what I've been told and it sounds like a fact and it's interesting to me, but um, people are rethinking and that's really the point of the discussion here. People are really starting to rethink how they put together their office, how they staff their office, how people are profitable and what they're doing when they're actually on the, on the company clock, you know? Interestingly enough, I came across a company in New Zealand called Perpetual Guardian. And they manage wills and trusts for people. And they did a test two years ago. They reduced the work week from from five days to four. And the founder of the firm, Andrew Barnes, said that he came up with this idea after reading a British study that found that office workers were only productive for two hours and 53 minutes a day. Does that sound familiar, Nick? Certainly does. I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about. And when I saw 253, as I was kind of doing some research for today, I went, oh, my God, I'll bet that's the United Kingdom um, study. And it was. It was. He figured that, you know, if he's only getting two hours and 53 uh, 53 minutes out of his people, he really couldn't lose or he really couldn't do any worse if he gave everyone on Friday off. Maybe 
maybe he just might get more productivity from his workers. So who knows? And, you know, I guess he figures he just, he really couldn't lose. He said that their trial showed that workers were actually more productive, reported better job satisfaction, better life work balance, all sorts of things. Um, it's worked out so well that it's now a permanent option down there for, for employees. Now, one of the articles, or one of the authors in the article for Harvard Business School uh, also did a study of 500 business leaders and, and more than 2,000 employees, again, in the UK, to try and better understand this phenomenon. And what they found was that employee satisfaction improved, uh, sick leave was reduced, and the company actually saved money each year from less turnover. And when they talked to the workers, they found out that 77% identified a link between a better quality of life and a four-day work week. They were particularly uh, attracted to this four-day work week, at least the Gen X and the, and the Gen Z employees, and that rather than relaxing, they were using their additional time to upskill, volunteer for side hustles, stuff like that. We've talked about side hustles. Remember, guys, side hustles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been all over that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a, a bill that came through the California legislature, AB5, that's going to try and make side hustles primarily driving and food delivery difficult. And now there's something on the, uh, the ballot in California. We have propositions. And so a proposition has been put forth exempting them from this uh, law making all their people employees so that people can still be independent contractors and have side hustles. Interesting. Interesting. Oh my God, Dave. I, I, I deal enough with this, with AB5 and misclassification during the work week. Let's, let's, let's steer away from that for right now. <laughs> That's right. You're doing employment stuff these days, aren't you? All right. Yep. So they also found that 76% of the Gen Z respondents said that a four-day work week influences who they want to work for. So perhaps this gives a company a competitive advantage in that they can attract people that like a little more flexibility or self-starters, self maybe very talented people that they might otherwise you know, lose somewhere else. And, and I'm then, not being an ultra realist here, but you know, we all hope and pray that everyone is fulfilled in their employment and they're satisfied in their souls, best of all worlds. However, some people are not, and it's just a gig that pays money, and then they, they find meaning in their lives with their families and what they can do with that money with their families. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That a four-day work week would seem to make a job, if someone didn't like it, quote-unquote like it, make it much more palatable because it's only four, day ver four days versus five. Yeah. I yeah. would think it would be an upside. I mean, I think that, Dave, that kind of fits in with what you said, um, you know, about better quality of life and it's attractive to Gen Z, Gen X, and they're going to be more likely to say, look, it's four days. All right, I'll do that, you know, for a couple of years, whatever. It's a little more stability for the company, so. Yeah. You know, they, they say some people, uh, what, eat to live and some people live to eat. And I think some people live to work and some people work to live. To live. So. And, I, you know, I think it depends upon your motivation. But 
if you if you work to live, I mean, if you if you enjoy it, um, you know, you're you're still getting all the results and the kudos and all the accomplishment. But if you don't enjoy it, it certainly makes uh, a spoonful of sugar help the medicine go down, huh? Yeah, if I I don't like it, but I only have to do it four days instead of five. All right. Sounds palatable. Sounds palatable. Well, I, yeah, I, I do think I do think Brian raised a good point talking about family. Since you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, and now I'm attending school in San Diego. If I had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, I think it would my choice to go to LA and visit the family for the weekend is more justified when I can stay there for two days or three days rather than just driving up on Saturday and then coming back on Sunday. And yeah. I, I do think the extra time could be spent with family, and I think that's actually a big factor. Um, in the European European Un Union right now, and why they are moving towards this four day work week. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you went somewhere for the weekend, typically Friday night, you're you know you're arriving late into the night, and then you've got all day Saturday, and then you wake up Sunday, and it's like you know you're thinking about going back. A lot of people spend the day Sunday going back, so it's not really that long of a weekend, and that extra day really gives you a chance to kind of take your breath and appreciate where you're at or where, you know, where you're going. It, it exactly. makes a big difference. I think it makes a big, big difference. So check this out. Microsoft, you guys have heard of Microsoft, right? It's like a little, who? they got a little thing going up there in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Yeah. They did an experiment with their employees in Japan. I think this was end of last year, like um, third quarter, fourth quarter last year. What, what a lot of us are calling the good old days. And, um, they recommended or they gave their people a four-day work week. And they also recommended that meetings not last more than 30 minutes. And they wanted people to cut back and use online messaging apps and stuff like that. But the big, the big thrust of this initiative was uh, a four-day work week. And they found that employees were more productive. Get this. Measured by sales per employee, the productivity went up almost 40% compared to the same period of time the year before. Now the company plans to do more steady and testing, obviously. But uh, what do you think about that, guys? 40% out of the same amount of people working 20% less. And I, I think it goes back to my you know, rationale before. I, I do think that even though people might enjoy their work, that f working five days, 40 hours a week is simply a lot to it's a lot of burden to put on a person. Yeah. And I think that people can be more productive um, only working four days. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is a thing of the future. Maybe this is the way things are heading. Um, it's not a new thing because it's, you know, they started it in France 20 years ago and there's several countries over in uh, Europe that are starting to think about this and get into this. So maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a thing of the future. Work weeks are getting shorter you know we talked about last week the fact that at the turn of the century 12 to 14 hour days were common especially in the manufacturing context and now eight is pretty standard in fact most laws talk about eight hour work days and then currently i mean even today some people like in the healthcare field they work four 10 hour days and so they end up working um what is that that's 40 hours but they do mm -hmm. it over four days I don't know, something to think about. I always thought that was a pretty good deal. Because again, you had that third day and 
if you're working eight and you're driving two on top of that, and by the time you get home and da 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 da, da your day's pretty shot. You're gonna watch some tube. Two hours. Yeah, you're saving two hours a week, eight hours a month. You know, it adds up. Yep. And if you're commuting 45 minutes or an hour each way, you're not going to commute that last day. So you're picking up two hours, putting that back in your pocket. So that's kind of nice. And it gives you some time to relax and pursue some other things like, a, I don't know, a hobby or a side hustle. You know, I've always thought that it was pretty cool with, with firemen because they work so many days on and then so many days off. And a lot of them have used that time for some kind of side hustle, whether they do real estate or construction or sales or something like that. Um, so it, it gives people time to relax and, and pursue other things. That, that's pretty cool. I think a lot of this has been prompted and, and I think you guys will agree by technology. I mean, the simple fact that you can work from home, that you can work remotely, makes it easier to work a, a shorter work week. So I think that this has been, you know, brought along pretty quick by technology and perhaps accelerated. I think you said this a few minutes ago, Brian, accelerated by the, the COVID-13, by the well, COVID. There's going to be a time in a less than the next 50 years that people are going to go, wait a minute, in the past where you could work was dictated by your geographic location? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to matter. Yeah, yeah. With the, uh, you know, with the telemarketing and stuff going on, I know a lot of people uh, in San Francisco are moving out. They're getting these great wages, and uh, uh, but they're giving it all back to the landlord because land is so expensive in San Francisco. So they're moving out to east of Oakland on the other side of the bay where it's pretty inexpensive, and they can dial in and they feel like they're getting a raise because their rent is is so much lower. I saw a company that was trying to get its employees to move to an outlying area and they would let them work by computer, but then they wanted them to accept a 10% cut in pay. So the company wanted a piece of that savings back. I don't know. What are you thinking about that guys? Well, Dave, I, I think it's interesting. I think this could be for another episode, but we can see what the productivity is like from this whole work from home era now. Cause I know companies like Twitter, they're allowing their employees to work the rest of the year from home, you know? So maybe in the future we can see, you know, what benefits or cons this has on the workforce. Yeah. Well, wait a second, but now we're getting into, you know, a job on wall street or a job in tech happy San Francisco normally takes into account cost of living. So if you're saying you can live anywhere and still work for a major corporation or even Wall Street, whatever, in New York, then you're, how do you, I don't know, how do you base the salary? What defines your salary when geographic location is no longer an issue? Is it going to be a benefit to be from, um, I'm in Cleveland right now. Is it going to be a benefit to be a person applying for a job, which can be done remotely from the city of Cleveland? And that means that the company can go, okay, cost of living in Cleveland versus cost of living in San Francisco. Therefore, we take the Cleveland person because we know we can pay him less. 
Well, Brian, know. you, you, you raise a really good point, and there's mm -hmm. a USA article, and we can discuss it in the further episode, that says that Mark Zuckerberg um, announced that he might request a salary change based on the geographical area that the person lives. I am immortal. I have inside me blood of kings. See? <laughs> He's got Zuckerberg a little Zuck. And me are on the same page. He's got <laughs> some Zuck going on there, right? But what about, I mean, how do you factor in then that you're doing the same job as somebody else and they're going to pay you less? Your, your contribution is, is somehow less valuable or, or they, they pay you less even though you're doing the I same gotta job? I got to look at well, that's that's something to consider. Yeah, no, I Welcome to America, yeah. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome no. to America. We, we, we've no, been outsourcing awesome. for years. That's where, the, yeah. that's where the, you know, all right, cost of living. We're going to work at the, at the, look at the percentages, you know, and what is that person's value to the company? Value to the company will no longer be how much you're being paid. Exactly. On a flat exactly. rate. It'll be yeah. how much are you being paid given the area that you live in? If somebody is making $500,000 and they live in Cleveland versus $500,000 and they live in San Francisco, a person living in Cleveland making $500,000 is way more valuable to that company. Yeah, you're king of the hill. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it seems to me that work is becoming more and more less a function of just showing up and, and more production of production or, or value to the company, especially now that it can be measured. What you look like, what you do. Yeah. Can you do your job? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and in addition, your production or productivity can be you know measured with computers now. I mean, I've, I've got a friend that works for a, um, a company in the travel industry, and they do a lot of sales, and they can measure someone's outgoing calls, the call length, where the calls are going to, um, as well as their production, their production in real time. So it's not like you have to be sitting over someone's shoulder to see what they're doing. You can you can look at their their call log, their computer log, and and figure out what's going on. Who cares? I guess how long they work. Who cares where they work, um, for that matter? As long as they're producing and and applying themselves, I guess it really doesn't matter. But these issues are radically changing the concept of work and and even career. You know, I mean, part of having a career was showing up and, you know, having some kind of presence in the office and relationship with people in the office, blah, 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 blah. And now you could have a very valuable person producing a lot of good stuff for the company sitting in a, you know, in a closet in Pensacola, Florida. Things are changed. Things are changed. These issues are radically changing the concept of, of work, I think work and career and you know COVID is actually going to be an evolutionary step of yeah. employment. Yeah. This was a somewhere in the future they're going to look back and they're going to 2020 on a timeline will be when employment had a genetic mutation and grew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think so. I th absolutely. It forced us down the line. It accelerated the development of, of all of these issues. And companies are just now starting to come to grips with it. I, I know that this company that I just talked about, they're, they're trying to decide whether they redo the infrastructure of the office when everybody comes back because they've got to be spread out. Or do they use that same money to build infrastructure so more people can work from home? 
and what's what's the better way to be able to monitor these people? What's the better way to encourage these people to be productive? What's the better way to you know move the company down the line for the future? And it, you know, I really think I hate to say it, but I but I think the answer is you put money in um, infrastructure for people to to work at home from home. You know, if it were me, I'd reduce the size of the business eighty percent. And I would have 20% of the workforce show up every day. So everybody shows up one day and they work from the, the business premise, but they've got a much smaller footprint, the business does, and people are that much more happy. And to go into the office one day a week, so what? See, Dave, I just think that we're making this too general, though. I think it's really relative to the type of business. Whereas, let's just say that you know, you're a teller at the bank or you work at Costco restocking, you don't really have that fortune to work from home. However, given, you know, if you contract with a law firm and you're doing legal work, um, you know, drafting papers, you don't necessarily need to come into the office. So, true, true. or it, it's like doctors, doctors need, you know, there might be telehealth in the future, which go into my stocks. I think that's something good to invest in. There no financial advice here. In the future, dude, telehealth is happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I, I it's happening now, but I think it's only going to become uh, more bigger, ma bigger, yeah. mainstream. Yeah, exactly. But and just to be a stogie stick in the mud for all our listeners, that's not any kind of endorsement, implied or actual of any kind of uh, telemarket. Or, or hey, Dave, it's like you're a lawyer worrying about <laughs> advice being Dis Disclaimer, disclaimer. There we go. There we go. But yeah, of course things are changing. I, I went in for a, um, you know, I, I had the flu a couple months ago and I went in and they said, well, you know, you should get a chest x-ray uh, as part of a, you know, the, the analysis package. And I said, fine. So, you know, I walk in the back room and they snap a pic. And the doctor that was right there took a look at it and she says, yeah, you know, you, this looks great. You're perfectly fine, but we're going to have somebody else, uh, one of our teledoctors, take a look at it. So there's a radiologist somewhere looking at all of these x-rays all day long. And, you know, the analysis came back in, you know, about 45 minutes. Okay, everything's okay. And at first I thought, oh, man, you know, someone who's looking at 80 or 90, 100 x-rays a day, I don't know if. Maybe the person's getting tired or this or that. Maybe their their kids crawling around their feet. But then it occurred to me, this is also someone who is just doing this day in, day out, and they got to be awful darn good at doing it. And it gave me some, some comfort that, that that was the case. So I think that's great. I mean, if you don't have to, if you're not feeling well and you got to go into a doctor's office and avoid, you know, getting everyone else sick or avoid picking up whatever anyone else has got, and they can do it by, uh, you know, by a telepresence, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But you know, you got to be patient on this too. Um, on an individual level, I don't think you can do too much. I was kind of visualizing someone going in for an interview and saying, yeah, I only want to work four days, but get paid for five. Ah, I don't know. That's not gonna, that's gonna enamor you too much to the, the, the new boss, you know? Boy, the, um, the ambition, Dave, I can feel it from here. <laughs> they would go, yeah, and we don't validate parking either. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> but I think these issues for now are helping us look at productivity in a, in a different light. And I think that, um, you know, jobs, there are ways to look at jobs and measure ever, effort and productivity and those kinds of things in a different way. And I think it's happening right before our very eyes. I mean, it's it's... This was not even 
as big an issue six months ago, eight months ago in the good old days, guys. Now it's like it's really getting pushed down the road. I think it's interesting as all get out. It's happening. It's it's not. I think it's beyond interesting, Dave. I think it's we're living again in an evolutionary moment of the employment world. Um, in a good way. In a good yeah. way, for for yeah. the most part. In a good I way. Think so I think employment is going to become global. <laughs> yeah, I had if, I had a I had a website that was that was done. Uh, uh, what was it? three, four years ago. And uh, the emails from the designer would, would come to my office in the middle of the night and I pick them up in the morning. And I'm sure that that website was being designed by someone on the other side of the world. And, and who cares? As long as the website's cool, who cares? But yeah. what, a, what a different way of thinking about things, you know? All right, you know, I think that's all the time we got today. That's a wrap. Um, interesting discussion. Uh, thank you guys for participating. Nick in San Diego, Brian from Cleveland, Ohio. Of course, Scott, our engineer from Van Nuys, California. This is Dave Hagan coming to you from Topanga, California. And you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.